1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. I was finishing the crossword and then I had to. uh... Oh, is that what the you got to be fucking kidding me was about? You got a wrong answer?
0: No, I just, the, um, yes. Like it, it, if you get it right, it pops up like, um, do, 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 And it says, congratulations, your time. But I got, Ooh, so close. And it's like 50, 50, whether I get it right on the first try or not. Um, but I'm not going to make you wait while I search through all the, the letters.
1: I mean, that's fine. I, I'm, Gonna have to make you listen to my eating chowder while we podcast.
0: I I am hearing this. And I missed timed my day. Yeah, I mean, look, you have a very small child, and baby Cornelius is your main focus right now. Not the monsters of socks podcast yeah. hosted by you know it sucks. Secretary. You know it sucks.
1: I'll actually I'll break the news right now. I didn't name him baby Cornelius. I named him baby Juan Soto. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. I, 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 I just
0: like, how hard
1: it is to change a minor's name it's impossible i have an easier time convincing juan soto to change his name than than changing a miner's name
0: i don't know why you know anything about changing a minor's name um i'm just gonna <laughs> leave it at that I would like to point out that the Yankees, having traded for Juan Soto, as everybody listening to this knows, and traded for Alex Verdugo, I I was thinking before this podcast, there are four things I said would happen this offseason, tangentially Red Sox-Yankees related, and two of them have happened. Now, Uh, Verdugo didn't get traded for Glaber, but he did get traded to the Yankees.
1: He did get traded to the Yankees. That's the only one you really get credit for, I think, right? Because we heard about Juan Soto talking to the Yankees or, or the Yankees talking to the Padres like two months ago.
0: Uh, well, I, uh, I agree, but I, which again makes the opening of last week's episode – where you pretended not to know what I was talking about, even more confusing. But <laughs> I, that doesn't matter to anybody listening. to you No, know,
1: no. You know what the problem was with last the opening of last week's episode was that you were using pronouns and I didn't know. anti pronouns. fans anti pronouns. My pronouns are Otani, Soto, and Verdugo. Joiner. Mm, those are my pronouns. That's fine. I
0: said something. About the soto trade on Slack, but I wanted to gauge your reaction to it, or and I want to
1: stop you before you say or because, or is it
0: just sort of like priced in to how oh, you
1: thought? Go ahead. no oh, look, I you, you're gonna get to this. All right. So, first of all, we're gonna talk about soto. What are we gonna talk about first? Soto or verdugo? Soto. Okay, so we'll talk about soto first, then we'll move to verdugo, then we'll talk about anything else. Before we get into any of that, I have a really important question for you. Sure. That has to take precedence over all of this. I I have you have to answer this. We can't like we we can't do the rest of the show without it. I read a tweet two nights ago, the night of the verdugo trade. And it was, I don't remember who it was from. I apologize. But it was just a tweet giving us little winter meetings juice. And it said that Jed Hoyer, Jed Hoyer, formerly of the Red Sox, now the guy in charge of the Cubs, got into a public fight with Bob Nightingale in the lobby of the hotel down in Nashville. Now, I don't really care about that. I don't even know. I think the fight was about Otani or something like that. I don't care. The reason why I'm telling you this is because I initially read Jed Hoyer as Jeb Bush. (laughs) I don't know why that happened. It was late at night. I'd had a few drinks. I'd been, you know, I'd been scrolling the Verdugo stuff for an hour. I read it as Jeb Bush. And for the one and a half seconds that my brain was processing Jeb Bush at the Winter Meetings fighting Bob Nightingale, I was so happy. I was ecstatic. Like the synapses in my brain were just firing like they've never fired before. And I was actually kind of sad when one and a half seconds later I realized, oh, it's not Jeb Bush, it's Jed Hoyer. So, my question to you, Brian Joyner who would be the funniest, but somewhat plausible person to get into a fight at the winter meetings?
0: This is a great question. I know. Obviously. i to start with this. Obviously.
1: This is very... Can I give you my answer while you think about it? Yes. I think the answer might be Jeb Bush. (laughs) Because, Because I do think... A couple of things. One, I think it has to be somebody sort of outside the baseball world for it to be funny. But there still has to be a plausible reason for them to be there. Jeb Bush. I don't know anything about Jeb Bush's personal life or hobbies, but I presume he's a big baseball guy. Right. Obviously, his his dad played in the College World Series. His brother adores the game and owned a team. I'm assuming Jeb Bush is a big baseball guy, too. So, you know, he might want to be around for that reason. It's also the winter meetings. When you think about it, the winter meetings is a big convention of rich white men in a hotel In Tennessee. That is Jeb Bush's natural habitat, right? Like he probably spends four days a week in a hotel surrounded by rich white men. So he might just want to be there just to just to be where he's comfortable and loved. So I think it's plausible that Jeb Bush could be at the winter meetings. And I if that if you can see that that's plausible, I don't I don't know if there's a funnier answer than Jeb Bush and Bob Nightingale fighting in the lobby of the Nashville Four Seasons. I think you need more sleep, man.
0: Je- Jeb Bush is not funny and not interesting. But you no, he's did... still, that's what makes it funny. No, that's it's no. Him it's getting not, in the no, is what again, makes it funny. Again, For listeners, Dan has a young child, okay? But I will say he's not totally on the wrong track because if you're talking about plausible people who are there, i in thinking this through came up with like the idea of a loudmouth media member and an awkward as you said tangential person person you could see being there to be seen to rub elbows to politic a little bit whatever and i was going to say stephen a smith but he wouldn't go to the winter meetings he's too big for that but the mad dog would And rather than Jeb Bush living in the past of failed candidates, Ron DeSantis (laughs) and Mad Dog Mm. having an argument would be gold.
1: And what if Ron DeSantis was there to hang out with his old friend and college teammate, Craig Breslow? See? See? Damn it.
0: No, 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 no. no. That's an assist. Take the assist. I threw that's down the one. dunk. You can take the assist.
1: Yeah, uh, DeSantis is pretty good. I still don't. I mean, that's certainly a bigger deal. If it's DeSantis, he's just it so still awkward. might be Everything funnier. he
0: does sh- is so awkward. And mad dog has a whole <laughs> lifetime of just speaking extemporaneously to yeah. the public. Like God. i Desantis would be so out of his element, and it would be. I, I, I'm sticking with mine. All so right, here's my that question. That was about, I did not. I did when you started with the Jeb Bush stuff. I was like, I don't. I don't. Do you mean? Yeah, I think Jed Hoyer is funnier than Jeb Bush in this case.
1: That's frankly. No, that's crazy. That's crazy. No, finding out that that would have been the biggest story to come out of the winter meetings if we had found out that Jeb Bush got in a fight with Bob Nightingale at the winter meetings lobby.
0: Okay, now when, you, been... when when you say it like that, okay, that's pretty funny.
1: Yes, when I say it, like the premise of the question. Yes. Yeah,
0: but what you but what you're saying is like sort of Mad Libs, and that there are many, many names you could put in there, and it would be funny. But I well, would that's concede, why I said
1: plausible. That's why that's why it's got to be somewhat plausible. Like he well, and his be brother like did. Simmons.
0: His family did own the Rangers, so like that's right. very you know. Why didn't we let George W. Bush become well, commissioner of Major I, League Baseball?
1: How let me ask, how often do you think about that question? Because I think I probably consider it four times a year, maybe. Uh, no, I'm way more
0: think of the what if the New York Times and James Comey hadn't lost their shit, uh, and just wanted to just wanted to be messy drama. People in the week before the election. Yeah, but that we don't even, more often we don't even get I don't even the, like Hillary. I don't even like don't Hillary, even, but like
1: come we on. don't even get to the twenty sixteen election and Trump if Bush if we don't have the Bush presidency first. If we don't have the Iraq war first. Because if we don't have the Bush presidency, we don't have the Iraq War. If we don't have the Iraq War, we don't have Obama. we don't have Obama, we don't have Trump.
0: I mean, it's and and the what starts it all is Bush versus Gore. Like that's it. Like that's the beginning of everything.
1: No, what starts it all is him not getting the commissioner's cake. That's what starts that's it all. Point. That's my which, point. That's which, which you know what he might have been good at. He really might have been good at that. Taking my care God, of history. Could taking so care big. of his
0: billionaire buddies. He's good at that.
1: <laughs> he loves doing that.
0: Yeah, he's very good at that. Anyhow, on more happy news, uh, the best hitter in a generation just went to the Yankees at age 25. Stop me if you've heard this before.
1: It is a cold day in Boston, and Juan Soto is a New York Yankee. And you are inexplicably happy about it.
0: And I will tell you why after the break.
1: Oh, good tease.
0: All right, we're back. Here's why I'm happy about Juan Soto being on the Yankees. The white hot fire it lights under the Red Sox organization. There, there's a rise. I am. I would rather... Have the Yankees beat us to a pulp and win the division, then both teams be mediocre and nobody give a shit. Because the only thing that affects the owners is shame. And I believe that Bresla is gonna make it won't be as big a move as getting one soto, but like that's you know. I'm happy that the arms race is back on. Yes,
1: yes. The military industrial complex. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I'm happy that you're happy. I'm not quite as convinced. Like, all right. So when you say the arms race is on, do you mean now that in your head, the Red Sox are definitely going to land Yamamoto?
0: No, but I did say that they would. And that was one of the four pillars of the off season I laid out. I think the, my point is that forget the big picture stuff. I'm just happy to be, Back at the normal table,
1: I don't know if we are yet. Yes, we are. Stop. We are yet.
0: We never, never, never would hear in the Bloom era the Red Sox are still in on so and so. Never, never on the top names ever, ever, ever.
1: All right. Well, a couple of things. I am still concerned. I think I mentioned this last offseason when we had a debate about John Henry. And, you know, we sort of discussed the debate about, is he cheap or is it something else? And I argued that I don't necessarily think he's cheap. I I, I mean, he's a billionaire and he doesn't want to spend money. Obviously, none of them do. But I also argued that I truly believed that John Henry and Haim Bloom both believed that every big contract was bad strategically. I I really do believe that John Henry in his core at least thought that up to last year. Has he changed his mind on that? I don't know. But I think it's possible that he hasn't. And I think it's possible that he thinks he's being the smartest guy in the room. But, by but being no, the only but- one not to chain himself to these They games.
0: fired the guy who was doing that.
1: <laughs> they did. They did, but we still haven't. We 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 still don't know if Breslau is going to operate any differently. Yeah, we've been we podcast to
0: talk about this stuff. Seriously, like we have data Inland points.
1: Well, here is one data point. Here is one data point right off the bat the package that the Yankees gave to the Padres to get Juan Soto, not that impressive a package. It is one that the Red Sox probably could have topped if they wanted to. Now, the difficulty the Red Sox would have had is that obviously the Padres were looking for pitching. And the Red Sox, while they have a better farm system than the Yankees, their farm system is entirely lopsided in terms of position players. They have absolutely nothing remotely exciting in terms of pitchers in the upper minors. Having said that, you know, you look at Michael King... The quote unquote centerpiece of the deal. I don't think there's that much of a difference between Michael King and Tanner Halk or Garrett Whitlock. And you're talking about King's, a guy who's been a very good reliever in his, I think he's, he's pitched three years in the big leagues, I think he's been a very good reliever in that time. He was moved to the rotation at the end of last year and was very good. And admittedly, and here's where I'll admit, he was better over the last, over his nine starts with the Yankees last year than. Garrett Whitlock or, or Tanner Houck have been in the rotation, but it's still only nine starts. Um there's still a lot of volatility there. There's not a there's not a ton of daylight between guys like Houck and Whitlock and and Michael King. And then you got Thorpe, Drew Thorpe, who is barely a top 100 prospect in in AA. Now the Red Sox again, the Red Sox don't have any pitchers who are close to the top 100. But the Padres of course being in go for it now mode Maybe they would have preferred Helk and Whitlock to King and Thorpe. And then, you know, Brito, whatever, another sort of guy who could tops out as a league average starter and Higashioka, whatever. I do think the Red Sox probably could have put a package that topped the Yankees or, you know, and if not just with their own guys, then maybe by bringing in a third team and trading some of their position player prospects to get some pitching that the Ponders wanted. They weren't interested at all. Now, you could say that you don't want to give up Houck and Whitlock for just one year of Soto when the Red Sox, as currently constituted, are not anywhere close to contenders. And sure, that's accurate. But let's not forget, like we're also hearing from the Sox that they're determined to add two top of the rotation starters, one by free agency and one by a trade. So put this in reverse order. Say the Red Sox signed Yamamoto. Say they traded for someone like Dylan Cease or one of the Marlins guys or whatever. All of a sudden, they have a remade rotation that absolutely looks like a contender's rotation. If you're going Yamamoto, Cease, or Braxton Garrett or Lizardo, whoever number two, Bayo slotting in at number three, and then pick whoever you want to pick up the you know the four and five spot between Sale and Crawford and Pavetta and Helk and Whitlock and everybody. That's a contender's rotation, and then you add one freaking Soto to the lineup. That's a team that everyone's saying, yep, this is a team that can win the World Series. And yet the Red Sox apparently had zero interest, zero interest at all in going after Juan Soto. I think that
0: the sequencing of everything is something you're downplaying a little bit And that Brazil has a plan and yes, When there's a talent, like, I think what you're saying is since they would not plan to give him a contract, they
1: wouldn't think it's worth it. I think that's
0: just implied,
1: right? Well, I think he's going to free agency no matter what. You know, he turned down $440 million with the Nats. He's a Boris guy. So, yeah, I don't, I think, I think they know he's going to free agency.
0: And they're not paying the free, which look, as much as I like them signing great players, if the one there is such a thing as uh, like we're heading, we're like sp- after the years of no big contract, we're sprinting back in the other direction now um, toward big contracts, it seems. Anyhow, I think that sequencing matter, like you, as you know, I play a, a lot of chess on my phone. I've started to play that again. And the sequence of your opening moves, even if they're generally the same, is incredibly important. And I think that the sequence of the moves the Red Sox plan to make in an offseason, you know, the, the thing we, about the A-Rod trade that we sort of, we don't gloss over, you know this as well as I do, is that the offseason was over. They had done every, the teams were, pretty much all set to go into the season. And this was way it was like Valentine's Day. It was after, it wasn't like Valentine's Day. It was Valentine's Day. So the teams are coming into the offseason with a plan to X, Y, and Z. Okay. And yes, for the reasons you it was, you said, though, I want to point out that on last week's show, didn't you make the case the Red Sox were definitely going to get Juan Soto? If I, or some, they were going to get him?
1: No, I didn't. No, I did not <laughs> Think he made that case at all? At
0: the very beginning, we were talking Soto. You are like, but why wouldn't why wouldn't he fit on the Red Sox? I mean, he's good enough; he'd fit in on any team. <laughs> but okay, I agreed that the package wasn't huge, but we knew that we said last week that like they weren't going to get as much as. I think that I am pricing in Soto re-signing with the Yankees whether he Mm -hmm. does or not because having Soto and Aaron judge hit back-to-back is uh, it honestly like that's, it's like sort of the reverse type of player, but it is poppy and Manny ish. Uh, Yeah. It's scary. The lefty, the lefty this time is the Manny type batter and the, the righty is the, the, the banger. Um, But the reason it makes me happy as I said, is that it lights a fire. And look, I, I strongly, look, if we care enough to read about the rumors, we can take a little where there's smoke, there's fire. I think we're smart enough to look through obvious planted material and whatnot. But it definitely seems like the Red Sox have, A, been in more rumors, and B, sort of made more stated goals toward what they want. As compared to the Bloom regime, where it was all, we're just waiting for the for the last person to fall through, cash that check, and hope that these like uh, $5 chips add up. And th- they're not doing that.
1: You're right about that. You are right about that. And, and I don't doubt that they are very much making up a, a real, genuine play for Yamamoto right now. But Steve Cohen just flew to Japan to have dinner with him. <laughs> And you know, realistically, what shot, the Red Sox—if the Red Sox are going to sign him—they have to blow everyone else out of the water with the contract. Because look, we don't know a lot about what Yamamoto wants, but we can make some presumptions. Probably wants to go to a winning team. Red well, Sox Nets right now out. can't give that to him yet.
0: Well, are out.
1: Yeah, maybe. We'll see. probably wants to go to a winning team. The Red Sox can't provide that for him. He may want to go to the West Coast, as we discussed. Red Sox can't provide that for him. Maybe he just wants the most money. The Red Sox could provide that for him, but not if Steve Cohen's just determined to get him at all costs. You know, I don't know what the odds are of the Sox landing Yamamoto, but I less than 20%, which is, you know that if they're one of the, if it, it seems like we we're mostly hearing about, you know, five or six teams are the big suitors for Yamamoto. So if you're, you know, if you're just going to divide it up evenly and say they all have twenty percent, you can. But again, I think for all the reasons I just said, the Red Sox are probably a little bit lower on that list of five or ten teams, if you know, or five or six teams because they're not in the West Coast because they finished in last place. So, you know, I like I love the idea of like, yes, the arms race is back, but we could be back here a month from now in a situation where they missed out on Yamamoto. They pulled themselves out of the Otani sweepstakes. Montgomery went somewhere else and they scrambled and they overpaid Blake Snell and they got Ludrez Gurriel. <laughs> and like, that's their big, like that, that could, there's a very realistic scenario where that, that's their offseason. Blake Snell and Ludrace Guriel. If that happens, you know I think the arm race that you're excited about, we I don't think we can say it materialized. I mean, sure they were in the race, but they didn't win it.
0: Okay, so how was there not a race then?
1: <laughs> well, but, all right, but who cares if they lose the race? Which, they the lost.
0: Way, they 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 lost in like the late '90s repeatedly. You know, they sometimes you if you're in the arms race, sometimes you lose it.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't. I, it's it's funny that we're using this terminology. I don't. Did you? I don't you...
0: understand. Like, first of all, I would just guessing think that part of Yamamoto's or any free agent uh, who is maybe not as familiar with Major League Baseball would not want to sign somewhere chaotic. I think that's part of the reason Otani went to the Angels. It was just like soft landing spot, right? Not that Boston would be a soft landing spot, but Boston's chaotic. The Mets are chaotic in a very different way than Boston. The, you know, I don't think there would be a, a thought that, I mean, look, if Yamamoto went there and the Mets went south, what would stop? Unless there was a no trade clause, Steve Cohen from being like doing what he did when DeGrom and Scherzer. Now, of course, that are not degram and Scherzer, Scherzer and Verlander. Uh now those are exceptions because they're so old. But chaos. I They're aiming high. And you're saying what you're saying is what if they aim high and it costs them a little bit more than it like and they overpay Blake Snell? Well then they over. I mean, I have the same concerns with Snell as anybody else. He does have two Cy Young awards. I
1: know, I know. It is, it is hilarious. Like he's a <laughs> Blake weird, Snell has got me the one. most. He has to be That's the crazy. single most disrespected multiple Cy Young award winner of all time. Nobody, like, none of the fans have any, any interest in him at all. It's so weird because like, if people win multiple Cy
0: Young Awards, it's very often back-to-back or like two and three years, right? Yeah. Because they're just – they're like Lincecum, Pedro, they're at their peak. There's like boom, boom, boom like Maddox. Boom, 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 boom. Just Cy- now Clemens just could sprinkle it in and out, but he was probably the best.
1: Sprinkling other things in and out.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean – he was really, really good, uh, but this is crazy because Blake still is not as good as Roger Clemens, and just win one, sort of lose the ability to control the ball, not even really get it back entirely, but then just go win another one in the other league, is fucking crazy.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's not. I just- know we
0: don't want to pay for past performance, obviously, yeah. and I know that that's why he will probably get overpaid. At the same time, aiming high right now to me, like I'm just, I'm still yeah. in the luscious afterglow.
1: Just, uh, I think that is that is exciting, and sure, Blake Snell. <laughs> I mean, look, you said like it's not that it's not that Blake Snell lost the ability to control the baseball and then got it back last year. He led the league in walks yeah. this year, right? He uh-huh. still didn't get it back. He just stayed on the field and struck right? everybody else out, and struck it's everybody like, else out. So that's yeah. the thing. It's like I, I just that that style of pitching. Just he's not a top ten pitcher
0: it. in baseball, and he's, he's not, not. He's not. He, I don't even think he's top twenty. I don't think so I, either. I really don't. On his best enough. day, he could be as good as anybody. He's like yeah. that. If he's not walking people, he will fucking destroy you. Like it's just. Yeah uh but ifs and nuts were candies and nuts right
1: Yep. so you want to move to verdugo let's do it all right i I have a here's my first question for you for alex verdugo what is alex verdugo's red sox legacy going to be and since i know the answer to your question was it ever possible for that answer to be different
0: I mean you got I mean, you got to start with number 2. You can't like it as I wrote in the column about Alex Verdugo this week. The second that trade happened, his career became like defined in a very specific way in like in baseball historical terms. The names will always be synonymous and he could still have a good career. He's a good, he's, he's a fine baseball player. Right, you know, he, mm. he's. It's not going to kill the Red Sox not to have him. It's not going to kill the Yankees to have him. Right. He, I think the defining feature of his Red Sox tenure, outside of that, was his petulance last year.
1: And almost certainly, yeah.
0: And the Red Sox, and look, I sympathize with him because the Red Sox were a shitty organization, so. I empathize and I sympathize. At the same time, I didn't like it, and I don't care that he's gone. In fact, I'm happy about it. Dick Fitz. If the <laughs> Dick Fitz, that's what I wanted to name this podcast. If the Dick I can't.
1: I I really, I I really am so curious about Dick Fitz's parents. I they're either they're either like completely clueless or they're the funniest goddamn people on earth i hope it's the latter and i I hope we see them show up at fenway think about how
0: old he is okay not very and his name is richard do you know a lot of richard's his age.
1: I don't. I think like Richard is like Dick it,
0: lovelady Do yeah. you think that was an accident?
1: <laughs> Richard is going to go into the Adolf character uh, category of names, isn't it? Where it's just like nobody no, is named great. Richard. ever oh, oh, oh,
0: oh, well, but yeah, not because of. No, that, that's what. That's what Donald's going to be. Uh, exactly. Yeah. But
1: all right, but well, so you're but, excited. Yeah, Verdugo no, is no, gone. No, no, but hold on. Let me, okay.
0: Just, let let me just say this. It's incredible. Mookie Betts becomes Alex Verdugo becomes Dick fits
1: <laughs> Mookie Betts trade. That's true. So the Mookie Betts trade as of now is Mookie Betts for Jeter Downs, Connor Wong, Dick fits uh, what is it? Jacob Weissert? Is that is that the name?
0: And three years of middling production. Yeah, yeah. All right. So
1: there you go. Um All right, look, you're happy he's gone. I understand why you are happy he is gone. Um, I don't think – I'm not really going to miss him. You know, I did write – like, I do think there was a possibility that his legacy could have been something other than just the guy who was traded for Mookie Betts. Of course.
0: There was a a very, very clear instance in 2021 where if they won the World Series, it would be totally different or even made the World Series. Yeah,
1: I mean, he was the best player in the team in 2020, arguably. You know, Wait, I think
0: the what there
1: there was no 2020. There was the no team. 2020. I know that's really It's on poor Alex. His MVP season didn't happen. Um, but you know, having said that, yeah, look, he's he's a league average guy. He's always going to be a league average guy. He might pop 20 home runs in Yankee Stadium. He'll go through his stretches. That's great. So I don't mind the deal either. But we do have to acknowledge something here. The Major League team is worse today than it was three days ago. And in fact, it's it's worse today.
0: This guy, I want to break something to the Monsters of Sox listeners. The Slack chat is ridiculous. They're like, oh my God, Juan did this. What if the Red Sox don't do anything? Just fucking wait! It's going to happen! It's the offseason!
1: These things are going to happen! Well, that can't can't be the podcast, The podcast can't be, uh, we can't analyze the Verdugo trade because well, we be don't know what's going to happen nothing next.
0: Happens. That's nothing's happened. First of all, something did happen. They traded Verdugo, but like all these players are available, and I think we're scarred. I know I, I admit that I'm scarred. You guys are in denial. You guys are in denial because you, if something didn't happen early, nothing was going to happen until early January when bumfuck Mick, former all star. Uh became available for 50 cents and we got him and we like dressed it all up. We said, Oh, this is our big the players. Have there's so much left that hasn't happened. It's just the sequencing something has to happen before the next thing. If at the end of December we're in the same position, I will share your concern. Fuck if by I'm if by even... next week, if by next week at this time we're still in the same position. I will share your concern. I, I,
1: I don't, don't think even, we will. Be. I don't. I don't even think I am concerned because, like, I agree I with read you the slacks. You guys are all concerned. There's, there's plenty of time left, and as I said, I think this is a. That's a. I think it's a about as good as you can expect as a return for one year of a league average guy with attitude problems. Um, I, so I'm not saying I'm concerned, but from a, like an intellectual standpoint of looking at this team as a problem. So Craig Breslow has so far, he's made two moves and he has in both moves traded away the starting right fielder and the starting second baseman and not gotten significant major league talent back for either one of them. Now, neither one of them is that special. Anyway, Alex Verdugo is baseline is league average. If he jumps it up a little bit, he's, you know, maybe a fringe all-star Luis Arias is you know, we were hoping for him to be league average, and weren't certainly didn't get that in the second half of last year. So I'm not saying these are big losses, but they now are. They don't have a second baseman or a right fielder right now. And we did see—I know you're going to say I'm, this is PTSD—but we did see with Bloom all the time he would make a move, and everyone would be like, "Well, what's the next shoe to drop after that?" And he—that would be it. You know, he see, trade Hunter Renfro just never. And and you know and never get a right fielder. They he would they would let Xander Bogerts walk and not bring in a new middle infielder to cover second after Trevor Story moves over. I'm not saying that Fresno is going to do that. And your point about the timing is a good one, I think. But I think
0: you are. What man. is he going to do? Like who is? But who is going to be
1: the right fielder? Who is going to be the second baseman?
0: But that's a different thing to say than saying they're worse now. You saying. say it's a loss. You say it's a loss. I would look at it more as a debit and there are debits and credits, and you need to have a certain number of debits and credits if you know what you need, and it's like, I need to do X number of moves in X amount of time. See, I think the moves that Breswell has made has signaled that he is on a... I guess, I think you have PTSD from Bloom acting, doing one thing and then doing nothing, because I think that... Virtu- like, MLB trade rumors cooking these days and the red Sox are involved in a lot of it because typically a team would make a lot of moves and i think i am looking at what has happened as him saying we need to make these 10 moves or these five moves and like five are acquisition and five are, um off doing thing off shooting things and somebody came they found a good partner like it's the fucking yankees but like yeah you want this guy? Okay, that's the first move. That's one of the ten moves we got to make. Five are all, five are of one kind. Five are of the other. At least that's my hope. But my my general point is that I am. After we had seen it with Bloom so often, it was very fair after a move to say, "Well, the team is worse now because you know nothing is cut." This is my my point to you guys on Slack and to you right now and to the listeners is. Just embrace the,
1: that it's over, guys. It's over. This is going to be – I I, I, I think hope you're right. We don't know that yet. We don't know that. We don't know that. You're and, living and, in the and, past. And as Mike Mike Carlucci wrote on the site this morning, I don't know, that Craig Preslow basically, in Mike's words, quoted High and Bloom. <laughs> when, with, uh, did you see the, the quote he made about uh, we have to run our own race?
0: Uh, I did not see that.
1: Okay. (laughs) Would you like me to read it to you? Breslow. Certainly I would have liked for this time to have been more productive. He's talking about the winter meetings in terms of actually walking out of here with starting pitching or a right-handed bat. We can't control those things. I think it's just really important to remain disciplined to run in our own race.
0: Okay. So, but even then, even then I disagree. Would Bloom have, I'm literally asking because I think the answer is no, ever even so much as publicly stated, this is what we want. He didn't uh, say- Xander
1: Bogarts is priority A and 1A and 1B.
0: No, no. That, that is politicking. That had nothing to do with it because that was between them and one person who had specific leverage over them. Emotional leverage, okay? This is, I. they are talking about the generalized market saying, I want a starting pitcher and I want a right fielder. That is showing your hand more than Bloom, I think, ever did. And so my point being that he has now set an expectation that he will do these things, and I'm just saying it feels like progress to me, even if we haven't seen the deals
1: yet. Okay, and I want to I want to clarify. It, it sounds like I, I, I feel like it sounds like I'm freaking out about things so far. I'm not. And I don't really care about this quote all that much for all the reasons that you said. It's literally like two people, two players have moved. I mean, if you want to get a rise out of me with it, I totally respect that. Yeah. But like it is, you know, I I tweeted about this quote. I was like, you know, running your own race is great advice if you're trying to grow your like startup artisanal soap business. It's not great advice if you're actually in a race, which is what major league baseball is. Like you are in a race with 29 other teams. I think
0: he might specifically be talking about the the um the off season because Notably, usually like Soto isn't the biggest domino, but usually it's the biggest. And frankly, Soto is a trade, so it's different than Otani. It's gonna be, I think you're gonna just see a cascade after Otani.
1: No, I, I agree. And obviously, yes, look, Otani is holding everything up. I am not pulling the fire alarm here. I'm not uh, you know, getting my pitchfork out for Craig Breslow. <laughs> But it is that I mean, that is an, that's exactly minus the we would have liked to get a pitcher and a right handed bat. The we just need to run our own race is exactly what I'm Bloom would say and does go to the concern I have with well, that. I mentioned at the beginning of this pod and that others. John Henry is still convinced that he's the smartest guy in the room and that all of these dumb teams giving baseball players money are sure going to pay for it someday. They're oh they're going to be in a real bad spot ten years from now when Juan Soto's contract doesn't look good and but we won't have that problem because you know we're just not going to play in that sandbox except for I think the reason why they're so aggressive in going after Yamamoto is because he's twenty five years old right like you can give a twenty five year old a long term contract just like they gave Rafael Devers a long term contract, Um, which I I
0: do think as much as. See, I think the Devers contract works against what you you're saying because if he really believed what you just said, he would not have done the Devers contract. But if he did do it because he was under public pressure, then he's susceptible to public pressure. So it's got to be one or the other. Yeah, well, I don't think
1: he's ever And I think
0: ever... and I guess you're I'm guessing you would be like, "Yes, Devers is a special case and he thinks that is sufficient." But I I would say that That's speculative, not leastwise because I just made it up and put those words into your mouth.
1: Well, it's all speculative. That's just the fucking problem with John Henry refusing to engage with the media or the fans in any way, shape, or form. Like, we have no idea what he But
0: that's why I appreciate the the little, even the smallest part of Craig Breslow. I mean, look, yes, the pablum of running her own race, but many other teams that haven't made moves would say something like that. It's just, that's, I think that's something probably all GMs say but I just the small amount of what seems like actual candor he has, it just goes a long way. I'd rather have him be, give us tiny bits of actionable information. And again, we don't know, but if he is then be totally standoffish, but then go on the cool kid podcast and be like really, uh, personable and whatnot. I don't care if Craig Breslow is personable, frankly. I would imagine it would help in his job, so I imagine that he is. But this is not a project to see how smart Craig Breslow is. It's a project to build the Red Sox, and he knows he was their sixth, seventh choice, right? I think I mean, look. I had never considered at this point that the other six were might have been like, "No, I'm not going to do it the cheap way." And Breslau was like, "I will." So now you're scaring me in this fact that you just put oh, that in my just, head.
1: We just don't. I think. I th- look. I. I
0: just sign Yamamoto. Like your attitude, just sign Yamamoto and nothing else matters. And I'm fine.
1: sure. Yes. <laughs> look. Yes. Obviously. All right. It's not Yamamoto. It's, and a, other deal. Deal. Nothing it's matters. a deal. It's a but we deal. It's a done deal. Like I feel like you have. You have turned Craig Breslow into someone that we don't have any evidence he actually is
0: You have turned him into someone that we don't have any evidence. We don't have any evidence! No, that that
1: is my stance. My stance is we still don't know. We still don't know what this guy's going to do. We still don't know what direction this team's going to go. And my,
0: statistically speaking, in like positive regression, I think that it would be very, very... Now, yes, if John Henry is calling the shots, it may look very similar. But even in that case, given that they replaced Bloom, positive regression would suggest at the very least he is more active than I am. Because it's hard to get less so.
1: That's true. <laughs> He's certainly hitting the ground running. I can't, but like the balls it takes to, to for your first significant trade to be with the Yankees. My God, and,
0: and I mean, it's. I mean, Bloom's first move wasn't. It wasn't either their first moves or their first trades, maybe. But, or, it doesn't matter. It's the signature move, and then coming in and just trading him to the Yankees for Dick, Fits. <laughs> so, do you have anything I, else to say about Verdugo?
1: Well, uh, we got I, a little sidetracked. As we did, were. get a little sidetracked. Um, I a couple of notes. One, he is absolutely going to kill us in the first series at Fenway. <laughs> I think he proved he proved that in the Dodgers series this year. I think in Mookie's homecoming, right when I mean Mookie was outstanding in that series. Verdugo matched him, yeah, it, it matched him on the field inning for inning. It was incredible. Um, he's gonna kill us. He's gonna hit twenty home runs. Uh I was listening this morning to uh Pot on Lansdown. They had they had a, a Yankee podcaster on, Emily Nyman, um who, you know, like all Yankee fans, hates Verdugo. And she asked Fitz sort of for like a prediction how 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 he thinks Verdugo's sort of whole attitude and shtick is gonna play in New York. I think there's a real possibility that this year goes really really well for him and the Yankees and he like as I as I wrote in our Irish Wake piece like Verdugo was so close in so many ways to being a real fan favorite here. He's a clutch hitter. He has like he has attitude up the ass. Um, he couldn't, he harnessed it in bad ways sometimes, but if he could have harnessed it in more positive ways, like if, if he had just been, if he had been a, if he had been 10% better, if he was somebody
0: else entirely, he would have been (laughs) liked so much more,
1: not entirely. That's the 10% better. I'm saying if he was like 10% better on the field and 10% less hated by, by Alex Cora then I think there's a possibility where he's a real fan favorite. And I think if you stick him in Yankee stadium, like he could get that 10% just by, just by aiming at that short porch in right field, he could get that 10%, you know, he could go in there and just be a, you know, the Yankees have been kind of boring too. And Alex, does a lot of things.
0: That's what I said. I'd rather yeah. have the Yankees kick our ass. If that's the other part, if you're right, if you are right and, not right because you're not saying this is going to happen. But if you are, if your suggestion that possibly John Henry is still pulling the strings and this will look markedly similar to the Bloom era, that's why I like the Soto trade because then the Yankees will presumably beat the piss out of the Red Sox and embarrass them. So that's why, to me, it's sort of like a win-win.
1: Well, I actually, yeah, I don't
0: know. I'm still the other not... thing I like about it. Sorry to but is that I will actually get to watch one Soto on a regular basis because when he was on the nationals, it was like, why would I watch a nationals game?
1: Yeah.
0: And then when he was on the Padres, it's like, well, he's playing on the West coast now, at least to get a chance to see him play. I'd say this,
1: you know what? I haven't even thought about that until you just said that. Otani, this is, is going to be
0: If he goes to the blue Jays, think yeah. about how much more Otani we get to see
1: that. That, that would be amazing. Um, but I haven't thought about this until just now when you said this. This is going to be a sort of fascinating test case for me and probably for a lot of fans all across America. I'm not sure there's ever been a player I have liked so much who's ended up on the Yankees as Juan Soto. Yeah. And damn. That's I like going to be some I like
0: some players. I liked players a lot. Like I like CC Sabathia, right? I like yes. Curtis Granderson, right? I actually like. It's really hard for me to dislike Aaron Judge in like principle. He's this monstrous guy who hits ninety nine, who wears ninety nine, and is a fucking awesome hitter. He's not just a home writer; he's a fucking awesome hitter, right?
1: See, I have no problem hating Aaron. Judge. I have no problem hating
0: him in the context of the rivalry, but I get it. Like, I see that, But like, yes, Soto is. It's really. It's really. And he is the rare player where it wouldn't immediately make you hate it.
1: Yeah, I I don't I don't this what I'm saying like I have no idea how I'm going to feel the first time I see Juan Soto walk up to the plate in in Fenway and wearing a Yankees hat. I have no idea because I I don't I can't think of you're right. Like Curtis Granderson. Yeah, sure. I liked him when he was on the time. Yeah, everyone. We liked everyone on that Tigers team, the, the Jim Leland. Like that was a fun team. Yeah, I liked Curtis Granderson fine. Um CC Sabathia, same thing. I loved to, you know, I loved watching. I saw him pitch with the Brewers twice when when he was uh you know, one of the greatest deadline acquisitions of all time, like sure carrying was. that Brewers team into the postseason. I like CC Sabathia too. But not like Soto. No, <laughs> like of Soto not. is I mean, he's a guy you look at, I mean, he's someone I've been hoping and wanting to turn into the face of baseball for years now
0: well he's been supplanted speaking of which i need to ask you this because I just i just thought of this because i see the otani rumors and it's basically uh the west coast and blue jays given that the blue jays play in the american league east which the red sox also play in fun fact yeah, that is true do you want otani to go to the blue jays
1: Um I mean, do I do I want him to go to the Blue Jays in a vacuum or do I want him to go to the Blue Jays instead of the Dodgers or something like that? This is a good question.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I think I th- I first of all, I can't believe there to me when they say there's four teams in it, I really cannot believe he'd be going back to the Angels after all this. I fucking do not believe that's going to happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, I certainly, I have been thinking that myself this whole time. Now, I just really don't know what to think, given just how weirdly the Blue Jays secretive. Are,
0: the Blue Jays are the only one where I'm like, well, why? Well, there not there like a big uh, Japanese uh,
1: community uh, in presence? Community of I believe there is. I don't know. I don't know if there is a big well, Japanese big. community. Specifically, there's definitely a huge East Asian community. Okay, huge. Um, Right. I couldn't speak to whether it's Japanese specifically.
0: See, I would love him to go. I don't care that it would come, especially way actually way more than Soto. Like I like Soto. Right. I'm gonna enjoy watching him. He's got like the best eye in X number of years. Right. One of the all already one of the all time best eyes. Probably ten. He is. I read
1: this this morning. If you. If you fudge the numbers on his 2020 season, because which was obviously only 60 games, Juan Soto is one of just three players in history to have uh, six seasons of over three war by the time he was twenty-five years old. Yeah.
0: And he's not as good as Shohei Otani.
1: Yeah, that is correct. So that's
0: and and the Otani thing. I like. I sort of think I was backbraining this, but that is exactly the same thing. With respect to oh, I can actually watch Juan Soto play now. I can actually watch Shohei Ohtani play now.
1: So to answer your question, I think I would be happy with him with the Blue Jays. It would just be it, cool because it's
0: not one of the normal. It would just yeah, be awesome. I, yeah, from uh,
1: look, you know, I'm still. I'm ultimately, I'm a bigger baseball fan than a Sox fan, Sox fan specifically. And from that perspective, you know, Otani going to the Dodgers would be such a yawn. It would just be, you know, who cares? Otani going to the Giants or the Mariners would be cooler. But then from our personal perspective, he's still on the West Coast. still hard to see him play. Yeah, going to Toronto would be cool. I, you know, I, I like the Blue Jays as a as a franchise. I like the fans. I'm. I, it's baseball's more fun when they're good. I think for sure. I
0: yeah. So I was gonna say this because we're older than most of our listen. Not most of our, but like many of them, it is really hard to describe how fucking awesome the Blue Jays World Series were. Mm. They were that place got so loud so loud
1: yeah those are kind of like that those that that's really the first world series i can remember those two i I, it's hard for me to differentiate the two of them and say like which is first but like yeah watching that you know that probably the 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 phillies one was first right it was phillies jays and then braves jays i definitely remember
0: other way around
1: it was the other way around okay all right so i was gonna say i i I remember both of them i I, and i think i have a i've more memories of the Phillies series. Um,
0: yeah, that Phillies team was fun,
1: it was, it was fun as hell. Um, that year, 1993, my now wife uh went as John Cruck for Halloween. <laughs> um, yeah, that I mean, John Cruck, Lenny Dykstra,
0: Mitch Williams, Darren
1: Dalton. Mitch yeah, it, yeah by the way my, to... my
0: roommate in college i was his best man and uh, the, he got married in philly and the day of his wedding, it was we were all staying downtown we went to the um the what's that market called the one in the middle of philly
1: Reading terminal yeah.
0: yeah and we go in to get breakfast this is the morning of the wedding he's a phillies fan and we walk to the front just sitting there by himself signing autographs mitch williams
1: just hanging out. On his
0: wedding day. So we wrote him like, congrats on your wedding and signed it. I mean, he was doing it for some some reason. But we were also there like early because it was wedding day we love to do. It. Anyhow. All right. Uh anything else on baseball before we talk nonsense.
1: Do you want to talk about uh the players the Red Sox lost in the rule five draft? <laughs> no. I don't No, neither do I. neither do I. I always the rule five draft, the amount of coverage, not that not that it's not that it gets a huge amount of coverage outside of it's always in retrospect. Baseball, it's Twitter. only in retrospect.
0: Like, oh yeah. Johan Santana, who's like the yeah. main
1: Yeah, no, there's been like three. It's yeah, Johan Santana. I think I think technically Roberto Clemente was a rule five draft, oh, but it was like wow. a totally different there's like a totally different thing back then. Was JD Martinez? might no, that's not. No, Garrett Whitlock was. But yeah, that, I don't think J.D. Martinez yeah. was. Um, you no, know, J.D. Yeah, Martinez like, was
0: just let go by the Astros. That's what it was. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's the like, amount of coverage that, that the Rule 5 draft receives on Twitter versus how important it actually is. It, it just, I mean, the whole Noah Song shit last year. <laughs> I'm really glad. I, I, made a, I, I didn't ban anyone from writing about Noah Song if they wanted to last year, but I decided, I was like, I'm not going to write at all. About Noah Song because this he's there's a five percent chance he even becomes a big league. He's not. He's not. This is so stupid. He's
0: not people. He's an unperson. Yeah,
1: I hope he does, but who cares? And the the, you know just the way people getting heated about Dave Dombrowski exploiting a loophole and are messing with this young man's future by making him a major league baseball player and giving him a six hundred thousand dollars salary. And surrounding him with the most talented coaches and players uh, in the world for four months—like who gives a shit? So, but whatever. So yeah. So I guess to my answer to your question is no. I don't think we need to discuss anything else baseball-wise.
0: All right. Before outside of recommendations, you got anything else? Because I have I have a couple follow-ups. Hit me. That I I don't. It's not even a recommendation because I have a different recommendation. Hit me. So hit I me, told you me. I've been getting into the Shakespeare movies and like you have. And like I accuse you of saying hipster things, and you do sometimes.
1: I but do. you say, "Oh, they're
0: not hipster." What I'm about to say is going to really, really maybe set a new bar for hipsterness in literus literacy stuff on this show, because in being back on a Shakespeare kick. I looked for Hamlet's and I was looking up the list of the best Hamlet's and I've seen most of them. There was one I hadn't seen with very good reason because it was a 1964 Soviet production of Hamlet. (laughs) And I was like, well, too bad I can't watch that. And then I thought, uh, how did it end up on this list? And then my brain was like, because people watched it. He's like, but this list is in English. So someone who speaks English. Must have seen this movie, which means you can see this movie. So I went to a thing called YouTube, which refers to a, the tube that used to be in televisions. Right, and I found it. This is not my recommendation because this is too niche.
1: Yeah, but uh, it's but it was cool totally as hell. But then, here,
0: but then here, but uh, then here, when I was at work today,
1: did you at least watch it on your TV and yes, not just yes, your laptop? Yes, okay,
0: yes. yes. Now, I, there was ads every five minutes like, drink story, and it really didn't fit with the black and white 60-year-old Soviet aesthetic, but beggars can't be choosers. A woman pulled up to the my, where I work today, and her license plate said, Bard Lover, L O V R. Hmm. And when she came out of the store, I was like, can I ask you a question? And she's like, no. Look I'm at like, you no, I'm not
1: just asking. approaching random people on the no, street. I, no, 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 no. Who I, are, I, are you? Not?
0: no cuz i stand i'm at a store and i talk to people so but oh, usually sure. i ask them if they want to buy x y or z but for her i was sort of like i don't care about do you, you don't want what i'm selling i know and so her and i had like a 10 minute conversation about what i just described to you she's like yep i it's shakespeare from the moment i was like able to read it's just like it's it's my favorite thing in the world so we had a nice conversation about it but it does tie into my recommendation since I actually stand outside for work. I don't know if you know this, it's cold, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but if yeah, you stand outside simple. for work, maybe you want to use your phone. So gloves, not the best. Uh, yeah. You could use the, the gloves with little tips and maybe that's the solution. But on top of that, I got to tell you, those little hand warmers that you put in your pockets, that's my recommendation. These are recommendation. great. Those, okay. those little hand even just, even just as a treat for yourself, it's just, it's, it's nice if it's cold out, it's like, just, it's like getting a little, you know, just like a little upgrade for your fingers.
1: That's a good. recommendation. Over over the past couple of weeks, we have recommended uh, thick, warm winter socks and tanned warmers from this podcast. That's right. <laughs> so, That's right. Not quite sure. The demographic is. Uh, my recommendations kind of, maybe kind of an obvious one, but I'll put it out there. Anyway, the new season of Fargo. Have you Uh, seen any of it yet? I haven't seen it, but Fargo has never missed. Yeah. So I, I, I have a weirder relationship with Fargo. I missed the first season. I've never seen the movie ever. Never seen the movie, um, cultural blind spot. I missed the first season of the show. I saw the second season and loved it. Uh, that but that's the only season I've seen all the way through. Uh, for whatever reason, it, it's just it's it's one of those shows that's just like always falling off my radar, or I've started it and just haven't been able to cut to keep up with it. This season so far, John Ham plays a constitutional sheriff. Uh, Juno I've Temple. seen the hot tub thing. You okay? You've yeah. seen that, yeah? Juno Temple, who Juno Temple, who she's an uh,
0: incredible actress, man.
1: She's well, incredible. I so I haven't seen much of her except for her uh major role in In the worst tv show of the last five years maybe 25 years um so i had a real hot take that ted lasso was bad it's first of all it's not even a hot take anymore what i I will
0: i that's why that's sort of why i'm
1: like one of my greatest regrets. It's not that in bad, life. Dan.
0: It's not. It's, it's just not your so cup of tea. Bad. No, it's no, just it's not. So it's bad.
1: just not your cup of tea. No, no, that's not true. Yes, it it's is. An, it's an actively no. bad show. No, no that is it's bad just a TV show that's not
0: for you. It. Not everything has to be for you, Dan. I don't even love it. I really don't. But it's just you know. Sometimes it feels nice. It's like a warm blanket.
1: No, it's it's garbage. It's garbage. And one of my greatest you regrets in life is that I didn't come out You have seen the movie that.
0: Fargo. You are <laughs>
1: out. I'm not saying I wouldn't don't like would I'd be out if I said I didn't like Fargo. I presumably, since I'm recommending the show, would like the movie as well. The movie know, maybe I'll watch is, it right now.
0: The movie is. Historically good, but then the show is like a miracle. It's also like yeah, it's all certain things you think that's not going to work. And then it's oh, not only does it work, this is as good as television gets. So, that's a great recommendation.
1: Yeah, it is good. Juno Temple is excellent in it and uh Ted Lasso is hot garbage. That's bad for America.
0: Well, it's done. So, you don't need to worry about that
1: anymore. I I wish that were the case, but I know there's going to be a movie and a revival and he's Jason Sudeikis is never going to take that windbreaker off.
0: I think that you are the backlash seems to have been pretty severe. Especially, I didn't see season three, so I don't. Haven't I? I heard it wasn't as good, but I had Never. my fill after two seasons. Like the Mandalorian, I love the Mandalorian. It was great. I didn't need any more. I didn't need any more. <sighs> when right, Ted Lasso gonna- came on, it was pandemic. People needed something to feel good about. They feel good. Don't get mad at people for feeling good about a thing.
1: No, don't use that argument. I hate that fucking argument. That argument just shuts down the entire field of criticism. Well, if some people like it, then it's illegitimate to
0: criticize
1: it. Fine.
0: No, no, you're right. But in so in season two, it has to be something more. That's fine. In season two, they dealt very, very rawly with mental health topics. They did
1: they did it with the most.
0: But you watched level.
1: it. You watched it. I hate watched it. I hate no, watching it. No such thing. The only no reason such why, thing. Here's no an actual. Here's an no actual such quote. Thing. No, no. Yes, there is. No, here's an not. actual no. quote. Actual False. quote. I said to False. my wife once about that because my Does wife she like hated it? it. She hated it too. Because why did a, you watch it? No, no. You liked it. it. You liked it. You are lying. No,
0: you're we
1: saying. watched the first season. The first season was fine. You're right. It was. It was a it
0: wasn't good. It still wasn't. I don't good. even care. I watched it years after it came out. And I was like, "Oh, this is
1: fine." Like I no, watched the first it season. Like still, day. hold on. The first season still wasn't good, but it was just a fi- a mindless thing. You're right. That tried to make you feel the warm fuzzies inside and whatever. And fine, that's, that's allowed to exist. The second, like oh, the second season was god awful. The second season was god awful, and my that's wife my wife dropped out of it before I did. And, t- and then one you- day, one day I literally said to her, I was like, Can we put Ted Lasso on? I have to watch it so I can argue with the no, two friends like of mine it. who had you been like arguing it. about how garbage it was for two years. No,
0: you like it. it. It's not about what you say, it's about what you do, Dan. And you watch well, it. Well,
1: I, I didn't even make it through the entire first episode of season three. So. Right. There so you're go. like so
0: you can't you have no know, like I didn't watch any of season three, so you got to be there.
1: Hot. The first 20 minutes of season yeah. one suck. Oh my I god, tell what, you that much.
0: Dude, why why? What I don't get the point. I mean, I get the point. It's virtual all virtuous. of
1: society held this show up to be
0: good and important, See, and it's neither. No, it was this just the people it was the people who write blogs liked it.
1: And they they won more Emmys in their first season than any other show in history. Sh- Emmy,
0: Emmys are dumb. Awards Dude, are dumb.
1: Whatever. The point is it was When does the... the
0: Oscar ever give it like the Oscar gets it right 20%
1: of the time? Like, sure. You know. And 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 are we not allowed to talk about it when they get it wrong? You're fine, but it doesn't make it's important. It's a, it's important when when the culture goes off track. It's important that there's people there, Brian, to to point it back in the right direction. And if you're gonna abandon your post, I I will do it myself. Dan's not
0: projecting, folks. That's
1: all for the monsters of socks. I'm Brian Joyner,
0: at Brian Joyner on Twitter. That's Rick Porcello at Dan Secatore on Twitter. Woo. And we will talk to you next week.
1: Take it easy.